So last week, uh, I told you that we were going to call the church to three days of fasting and prayer, uh, beginning on the 13th. So we'll be praying and fasting the 13th, 14th, and 15th of this week. And uh, our concern is to pray for the unborn. Now, there are some things that have happened, and I encourage you uh, to go online or go, go somewhere and read actually what the laws that have been passed say. Uh, there's, they don't say everything that you have been told they say, uh, but they, they also say some things that you've been told they don't say. So you need to read them uh, for yourself. Uh, in a nutshell, what these new laws in New York and Virginia do is they make abortion easier and later. That's in a nutshell. Uh, but, but read those so that you know, so that you can pray uh, intelligently and informed. Uh, the bottom line is we want abortion to go away. Uh, we want it to decrease, certainly not increase. And so uh, we're going to pray in that regard. Uh, I'll just mention this, that uh, in the days uh, prior to the birth of Moses, uh, you'll remember if you've read in the story of Exodus that uh, Pharaoh issued this decree uh, to the midwives that they were to kill all of the male children. When, when a baby was born, if it was male, they were supposed to kill it. And uh, it's interesting, the midwives didn't want to do that. They, they refused to do it, actually. And the reason given in Scripture for their refusal is that they feared God. And it actually goes on to say that because they were not willing uh, to kill the babies, God blessed them. And so what I would just urge you as a people is let's get on God's side of this issue and and pray uh, that this uh, horrible thing uh, that has become so commonplace uh, in our society would would go away. So we're going to enter into three days of fasting and prayer. And I, uh, I would encourage you, you, you can do this a couple of different ways. You get, to, you get to choose. Some of you will choose to fast for the entire three days on water or juice. Uh, if you choose to do that, I would encourage you uh, ease in and ease out. So if you're going to fast completely on water or juice for three days, then on the day before you begin your fast, you need to start tapering off. Maybe you know fruits and vegetables would be what you would eat. And then when you break your fast, you don't want to go eat a steak. You don't want to go to get scattered, smothered, and covered. That's not the way. Uh, you want to ease out as well. So, okay? So just keep that in mind. And then uh, also, some of you may choose just to fast a meal a day for three days. Some of you may choose to fast one of those three days. The, here's the big thing, the most important thing. Pray. Uh, Whatever, however you choose to enter into the fast, pray. Uh, we, we want to pray. We want to ask for God to move in this area and for his will to be done. And so I encourage you to pray. If uh, We will begin on Tuesday. Uh, we'll spend our, our Tuesday time of prayer, praying in, in this direction as well. So uh, if you are able to be with us, great. If you're not able to be with us on Tuesday, uh, but you are going to pray where you are, just know that that's... That's the direction that we're praying in. Okay, uh, so today we're, you're in for a treat. A friend of mine, uh, one of my classmates uh, in the Doctor of Ministry class at Asbury, Theo uh, Barakeye, right? Uh, Theo, he, he's the star of our class. 
We don't mind saying that. Uh, his organization has planted 85,000 churches. And uh, <laughs> um, he's, his wife is Yvonne. They have two daughters, uh, 22 and 18. And uh, he's just a, a powerful man of God. We're, we're thrilled to have him here. Uh, he's with uh, a group. Uh, it's uh, OMS, One Mission Society. And their stated goal is to plant, for, for Africa, is to plant a church in every village. And so they're, and they're going after it. And so we want to uh, partner with them and pray for him today. Theo, why don't you come? I'm going to pray for you and then turn things over to you. All right. Y'all reach your hands up this way. Uh, Lord, thank you for this man. Uh, we pray your anointing on him today. I pray, Lord, that you would speak through him. What's in your heart for your people today? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hello. <laughs> wow, uh, it's so good to be here. Uh, thank you, Pastor Tom. It, it's a miracle that I'm here, actually. I, I just thought when I was sitting down there, if my father was alive, he wouldn't believe it is his son who is standing here because I was born in Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, in a village that is far from everything. Even myself, I don't know, wherever God takes me, I don't know how I get there. But even as Pastor Tom was saying about the abortion, if my mother had decided to abort me, to kill me, I think uh, she would have robbed the continent of a great blessing. If Pastor Tom's mom has decided to kill him, we wouldn't be here. Amen? So think about that. Um. Yes, we, I'm, I'm from, I live in South Africa, Johannesburg. By God's grace, 20 years ago, my church decided to, me to send me down to South Africa. It was not my intention. I just found myself there. And the later I knew that we will be traveling this March and uh, bless the people of Africa. Um, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Um, and this morning, I want to share with you something that is close to my heart. Um, I want to read the, I, want, I don't know if the, the slides are ready, I just want to show you some slides before I open the word of God. Oh, okay. I was looking. Okay. Um, you know, these are the statistics you can find from Joshua Project, I'm sure you know. But I just want you to, to see, to hear God saying to you, telling you something through these statistics. In Niger, this is one of West African countries, Joshua Project says, for a person from Niger, to hear the good news, 
once, for the first time, it will take one year and two months. And from a person in Iran to hear the good news, it will take 1.6 years to hear it once. Now, if we can go, maybe the last country, Afghanistan, it will take 30 years and a half to hear the gospel once. Now, you know, not many people live until 30. Amen? Many people in this kind of countries, they die before they reach 30. And you know what happened if you never heard the gospel. You know that. Amen? So let's read the word of God. We read from uh, Luke chapter 16, and we will read from uh, verse 19. I think it's on a, it will come on a, on a screen, but I will read for you. There, was, there once was a rich man, expensively dressed in the latest fashion, wasting his days in this big word that I cannot read, consumption. <laughs> and there was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with souls. He had been dumped on his doorstep. All he lived for was to get a meal from scraps of the rich man's table. His best friends were the dogs who came and licked his sores. Let's pray. Your word says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Father, we came in your name. My brothers and my sisters came in your name. So we count ourselves blessed because we are here in your name. Bless your word in our heart. May something be born in our heart as we preach in your name. Amen. Last year, I'm sure many of you are on a social media, uh, a pastor by the name McDonald from somewhere there in Illinois. That's how you say it. By the way, I speak French, so I never learned English. I taught myself English. So bear with me. If it was French, I would speak well, but English just paid too much attention. <laughs> uh, this, this pastor is the pastor of a church, apparently it's a mega church, it's called Harvest Bible Chapel. And uh, he decided to disguise himself. And he put himself a long beard. He dressed like uh, those people on the street. And for seven weeks, he will come, he sit in the front of one of his chapel to see how his people will do. I'm sure you have seen. Don't Google it now. You can Google it when you get home. <laughs> and after seven weeks, 
he, he said this. Stayed in his, chapel, in his church, I think the, camp, the main campus, he says this. Do you know that your father in heaven is giving the same graces to the people that is hardest for you to love? He is giving it. He doesn't play favorites. He is giving the grace to everyone. If we are going to love like our Father in heaven loves, we don't get to play favorites. And he says this in concluding. He says, by favorite I mean so often we love the people when there is some benefit in it for us. So when he started, he got shocked because some of his campuses, they will, they will not even pay, they will, they will not even look at him. And he said that inside him, he was grieving, he was sweating, and he was crying. Because some of the churches, they neglected him. But some of the churches, they offered him coffee, they offered it to pray. They took their purse. They gave him some dollars. Some they even invited him to come in. Hallelujah. See, the same grace God gives you, he gives to everyone. Even the people who saw on the screen there. God does not play favorite. You see, somebody tried to be clever. In, and he tried to make his own version of the Bible. You know, the scripture where Jesus says, who is your neighbor? Now, this guy, he wants to be clever to justify himself. He said, the, my neighbor is the one who looks like me. But that is not what the Bible says. Amen? But he tried to be clever. And he changed because to accommodate himself. You see, we, we don't have to choose. We don't have the right to choose. We can choose, but we don't have really right to choose who to love and who to give the graces. We can't choose who to love. Or who to care for. I don't know if in Atlanta you see smokers. But I love smokers though I don't love the smoking. Because in South Africa where I live, we are, our demographics is like here in America. We have white, black, Indian, Chinese, we have them. So when a smoker might be white, is walking on the street, he does not care to exchange his cigarette to a black guy, to a Chinese guy. He just, they, that's how they are. They don't choose who to share the cigarette with. Hallelujah. <laughs> they don't choose. They don't care about the race. They don't care if this guy is skinny, he might have TB, he might have HIV. They walk and all they do is, when he does his, his fingers like this, the person gives him the cigarette. He smokes, he smokes, smokes. He passes it on. I love those guys. I love to observe them. 
Because they don't choose who to give, who to share the cigarette with. But unfortunately, <laughs> the church of God, unfortunately, and shame on us sometimes, because we choose. We cannot choose who to love. We cannot choose who to serve. We cannot choose who to minister to. See, in the scripture that we read, so interesting that we know the name of Lazarus, but we don't know the name of this rich man. You see, God knows the name of the people we saw on the screen. You might not care about their name, but their name is written in a page in front of God, and he knows them by name. I don't know this rich man ever stopped and asked, what is your name? But the, it pleased the writers of the Bible to record the name of Lazarus, but they didn't record the name of the rich man. And I don't know, I love this message version because it says that the best friend of this guy were the dogs. Said. The dogs were more friendly to Lazarus than the rich man. You know, the church, the church exists to, to advance the kingdom of God. The church exists to crush sin. The church exists to evict Satan. Hallelujah. The church exists to exalt Christ. And to make Jesus accessible to everyone. Hallelujah. It's about encountering Jesus. The church ministry is to create access. Actually, I'm saying crazy access to Jesus. It's about encountering Christ. And I believe this morning we have encountered Christ in the song. Uh, didn't you love when we were singing, In you is all I need. In you, I have everything. Not everyone can say that. You see, you might have heard about this man, Mahatma Gandhi, a Hindu guy. He was, uh, I think, a peaceful person, a non-violent revolutionary. And he said this. You Christian, listen, I mean, he said, you, I, I can guess he was pointing fingers to some Christian. He says, you Christian, have in your keeping a document with enough dynamite in it to blow the whole of civilization to bits. You have a document in your keeping that has power to blow the whole civilization to bits. To turn society upside down. To bring peace 
to this war-torn world. Listen to what he said. But you read it as if it were just a good literature and nothing else. In the Bible, in Acts chapter 17, verse 6, the Bible presents to us a man by the name of Jason. And it was said about, the, about him that these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king. Jesus, you and me, we exist to put this world upside down. That's your mandate. That's your call. But we just live as if we are powerless. Why do we have a power? I'm hoping that this morning, God is starting speaking to you. That you can see that God has given you more than you thought you have. You see, as I see in my spirit, I see many Jason in this room. Amen? Do you believe that? I see many Jason in this room. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter how healthy or unhealthy or whatever. But today, you can decide to be a Jason. Hallelujah. And you will have, you will have made my day. Because we, I work with the people in the villages. My, our ministry is called Village Church Planting. Now, in the African villages, I can see I met one brother who grew up in Africa, who has been in Africa. And if you've been in a village of Africa, by the way, the African villages, they call themselves forgotten people. Forgotten people. There is no, in some countries, there is no healthy facilities. There is no hospital. There is no schooling. There is no movie theater. There is no shops. Women still die today giving birth. So we took upon the challenge with some friends in South Africa 16 years ago. In 2001, we said, we were only Johannesburg. We said, Johannesburg is a big town. Say it's a gateway to Africa. Because they were... Many people from around Africa were coming to Johannesburg. So we said, we dreamed, we said, let's start a movement called Village Church Planting. We will plant churches in the villages. We will go in a village where nobody wants to go. Because people, they like to make, to plant churches in the cities. Because it's convenient, there's, a, there's, a, there's electricity, there's good food, there's shops. There, you, you can get money in the offering. But in some of the churches we planted, the offering on Sunday, it's fresh mealies, fresh fruit, 
There's no money. So if you go to be a pastor in the village, you will die without even buying a bicycle. Sometime, and I have here with my friend David, he, he has visited our ministry. You get in a church, there's not even a Bible because a Bible costs $10 and it will take somebody to sell maybe 10 buckets of fruit to get a Bible. So nobody wants to go to be a pastor in the village. So we went there. And by God's grace, we created a movement and our pastors that we trained their women, their children, and they put their world upside down. Last year, I was with my brother David in Malawi, in a very far village. As we having a church, you will remember, we having a church, and I can see a woman coming with two babies. And then they call the pastor. He goes out behind the house. And from there, we start hearing somebody casting out demons, praying for the healing. Our churches, because there is no health facilities, our, our churches have become a healing center. Hallelujah. Because it was in the past, before that, you know where they will go? They will go to a witch doctor for healing because they cannot... The mo- from there, there's no transportation. We make our own roads. There's no roads where we go there. We drive in a bush. There's no transport that gets there. And that woman came with the children, and they called the pastor. The children, they are sick. Come and pray for them. And the pastor was praying for them. So by the village church planting, we gave the villagers another option for healing. The best one. And we have put upside down some villages. Hallelujah. They are no longer forgotten people. And we have this vision for 2050 to plant a church in every African village. That is our goal. I hope I will be still alive that time. But I want to live to see that. That we give because when you give a church to a village... The church comes pregnant with a po- endless potential. Hallelujah. There's a man, an American guy, who said the local church is the hope of the world. And myself, I have, put, I have slowed, as I reduced down, I say, is the hope of the community. Hallelujah. So we're not only planting churches, we're bringing hope in the communities. We can do that in our generation. You see, we can be the Jason today, you and me. We can choose. And another man said, because, you see, there's an element of love here. There's an element of love. When you see those uh, statistics I gave to you, they are not statistics. It's a fact. They are fact. It's the truth. Somebody researched about that. But if we look, oh, it's a statistic. It's about love. If we love those people. You know, somebody said again, love is the most powerful force in the universe for good. Love has more power to change human lives and to overcome evil than anything else in the world. No government, 
no organization, no plan of human beings has ever provided the power to permanently change people for good like the power of love in Jesus Christ. Love is the greatest thing there is. When people are loved, they are fulfilled, they are happy, they are encouraged, they are motivated, they are helped, they are blessed. But where can we get love? You cannot buy it in a shop, even if you are the richest person in the world. You cannot make it in a factory, even if you are the most brilliant engineer in the world. You cannot find it anywhere in, on earth, even if you, were, you are the greatest explorer in history. The whole problem of humankind is just this. There is not enough love. Instead, there is hatred. There is choosing who to love. Love only the one who looks like you. So where can a person find genuine and selfish love? See, we have a challenge here. Those, those statistics that I gave to you, we made a fancy word. They are unreached. That's the fancy word that the people created. So, and if you go to look at 17, I think it's verse 33, it said, if you grasp and cling to your life, to, to life on your terms, you will lose it. But if you let that life go, you will, you, you will get life on God's terms. In NIV it says, if you preserve your life, you will lose it. If you lose it, you will get it. You know they are unreached because we want to preserve our lives. We are scared to go there. Hallelujah. You and me, we are scared. See, when you preserve, you choose to preserve your life, according to the Bible, it says you will lose it. And many have been losing their life. But you see, you don't only lose your life in this regard. You lose many lives behind you. You don't just go down alone. When you go down, you take many after you. See, Adam, when Adam and Eve, when they went down, they dragged all of us. You go down, you take many with you. You see, sin, which is here, is a sin of disobedience. When you disobey, it takes you down, but it takes also many. You cannot even count them down. But God says in his word, he says, this good news shall be preached to all. Even those 
that you don't feel like you can love. But the good news is this. And I'm excited about this actually. Uh, because God is so good that he is shifting things around. Few kilometers from here, what's the name of that place, David? Where there's uh, m- many people, where Pete is working? Cox, Cox, Cox. Yeah, it's a difficult name for me to say. Apparently, there are thousands of people from Afghanistan. Hallelujah. I love God. The sense of humor. You don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. And he brings them to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, I think they need a club. You know, I live in Johannesburg. It's a big city. And everybody wants to come to Johannesburg. Like some, everybody wants to come to America. So, and God knows, we don't want to go to Somalia. We don't want to go to these dodgy places. And God brings them here. Hallelujah. It's so funny. But you see, like in South Africa, we complain now. Oh, these foreigners, they are coming. Oh, these guys, they are coming to steal our jobs. They come to marry our, our daughters. They want to steal our women. I'm sure some people here in America also, they are saying the same thing. <laughs> Serious. Oh, it's African. Oh, my goodness. We don't have enough time for them. Enough place for them. But God in his sovereignty. Because he gives graces to everyone. Even to the person who does not like you. Even to the person who does not smell like you. Even the strange person who have a strange accent like me. God, he gives him grace. And he, gives, he brings him to you. But, even though he brings them here, we are still so blind. Oh no, it's like a, a, in the New Testament where somebody is died there, the priest, uh-uh, he passed around. So there are some people now who don't drive there from that place. They pass, they don't want even to smell what is happening there. See, you, it's a choice you can make. I mean, I travel a lot, and I know how traveling is costly. It's painful. You don't get visa easily. I mean, you American, you will not get a visa to go to Somalia. You cannot get a visa to go to North Africa. But God is bringing them here. All you need to get in your car to drive there. You don't need a visa. You don't need a passport. You don't need a lot of money. You can go. Hallelujah. Amen. No. God is so good. I don't know how you see this. But God loves so everyone. Even the person you don't want to see. And he brings them closer to you. So that you can open your eyes. You can say, no, no, no. I think as a church, as an individual, you don't need Pastor Tom to tell you go there. You can drive yourself there. Because... You are a Jason of this life. And we can change them there. Hallelujah. We can change them. 
See, our ministry started in Johannesburg. We, we took some refugees. We trained them. We sent them home. Today, they are bishops. They are apostles in their countries. But it took some people to dream to say, let's come, let's bring together, organize some funds. We send them home. They have planted thousands of churches. But this way, refugees, they came, God opened their eyes because some people so, so far, I cannot, go, I cannot go to Comoro Island, but I can train this guy from Comoro Island and I can send him home. Hallelujah. You see, we can, we can reach so many people because today, even from many years ago, no Christian goes to Somalia. You have to, to, to say, I'm dying to give yourself to go to Somalia. But the Somali people are here, a few kilometers away. You can go and reach out to them because you, you cannot go to Somalia. You train them and you send them back as missionaries. They don't need, a part, they don't need any visa because they are local there. And they're going to put Somalia upside down. We won't have Al-Shabaab. Hallelujah. We can do it. You know this fancy word of unreached. We can scrap it from the dictionary. You You get that? We can delete it in our generation. We can, this word does not have to stay in our vocabulary anymore. Because you and me, and God has opened more opportunities for us. We can reach them, and we can send them back to their home. And in no time, every land will be reached. You know why it is unreached? It's because you don't want to go there. It's because you don't want to go there. That's why it's still unreached. But God told me some years ago, say, this good news shall be preached to all. And then he, he said this to me in my spirit. He said, with you or without you. God told me. I get the places. I mean, by God's grace, I have a master's degree and I'm working for my doctorate. And uh, I get in those villages. I mean, David has been in, my, in the villages with me. We sit there. You look at the food. You look at the plate. You look at the... You say, I don't want to eat this food. Then I don't know why. I can get... I can sit in my office in Johannesburg. I can find another job. I'm going to get well paid. I can make a lot of money and be with my wife and my children that I love. So I sit in this place and I start complaining. And I hear God telling me, Yo, this good news shall be preached to all, with you or without you. Shame on you if you don't go. Because I love these people, I will send an obedient guy. And shame on you. But if you go, praise God. Because even don't even be proud. Because it's me who make you to be obedient. Let's stand in the presence of God. Now you are here this morning, it's not by chance. God wanted you to, to hear this message of love. Maybe you don't even understand what this means. Maybe you are visiting today 
you have not never given your life to Jesus. Can, uh, can, can the musician come, please? Thank you. Maybe you, you are here, somebody invited you, and uh, you are wondering what are we talking about. But you saw the joy when we were singing. You saw the musician here, how they were lifting hands up and say, in you is my breath, in you is my life. That can be yours today. You can lift hands with us. And say, in Jesus, I have everything. Hallelujah. So, uh, as our eyes are closed, if you, let's close our eyes. And if you are there this morning, and if you have never made a commitment to follow Jesus. Because it makes a big difference in life. Some 30 years ago, I gave my life to Jesus. And my life never been the same. He gave me joy. My parents has died when I was young. I was a very sad boy. I suffered, I can tell you, suffering. I can, was my second name. But when I gave my life to Jesus, he restored. He gave me many fathers, many mothers. And many brothers. If it's you this morning, if you really feel like you want to be part of this big family. You want to receive the joy that comes by accepting Jesus. Let me see that by the sign of your hand. It's not to embarrass you, but it's to give you the opportunity because it makes a big difference to decide to follow Jesus. Your life will never be the same if you do that this morning. Anybody this morning? Anybody this morning? Anybody this morning? I can see this is a church of Christian. No, nobody is. Uh, but thank you. Praise God. Praise God. And if this morning the message touched you, you want to say, God, I am so sorry for closing my eyes, for choosing who to love. And for not feeling what you feel, uh, I think you can come forward and the prayer team will pray. And as you come, you're making a decision. I want to get involved in the business of making Jesus famous, making Jesus known. Amen? You can move forward. You can come forward. Thank you for the brother who's here. You can come forward. I think I, I really, this is, a, this is a prayer I want to make myself. You see, God break my heart because when God sees those statistics, his heart is broken. And I don't know about you, but if you say, I want to be broken, I want to love like you, you can come forward and the, the people of God will pray for you. May God bless his word into our heart. Amen.